Well, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, we are so glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, my name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you for sharing life together with us. If you have your Bibles, your phones, your tablets, your iPads, turn to me to Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32, beginning in verse 26. As you are turning there, let me introduce you to our brand new sermon series, our brand new vision series called The 500. The 500. Say it with me, The 500. And let me tell you, I am as excited that I have ever been to preach this sermon series to you. The messages over the next six weeks will form our vision for the next couple of years. Everything that we do, everything that we are, will be wrapped up into this fulfilling this vision. So let's dive in. What is our vision? Our vision statement is this. By partnering with the Holy Spirit, we will experience 500 transformed lives over the next two years. Let me say that again. <laughs> By partnering with the Holy Spirit, we will experience 500 lives transformed over the next two years. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's all. All we do, everything that we are, will be consumed by this goal. A couple of months ago, I started praying, give us a goal. <laughs> give us a goal. Give us a goal that will be higher and uh, uh, better and deeper than we ever could accomplish on our own. And I felt like the Lord in saying, I will, but you have to wait. <laughs> I will, but you have to wait. But it's, it got closer and closer to rolling out uh, my vision to my leadership uh, team. Still no word for God. Just wait. Just wait. Well, uh, after a while, I got tired of waiting, <laughs> and I finally decided to take matters into my own hands. I blurted out uh, one day in staff meeting, 200. 200 is our goal. 200 lives transformed. I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't our goal. I knew what the Lord was saying. Just wait. But I could not wait anymore. The very day I was supposed to, um, uh, very, uh, very day I was supposed to roll out my vision to our leadership team, I was convicted. <laughs> I was convicted. Two hundred wasn't enough. Two hundred wasn't big enough. 
It would be a stretch, but 200 people, 100 a year, we could feasibly do that on our own, at least on the surface. Would you uh, to do that by ourselves? So I began to plead with God. What then, God? What then? If 200 is not the number, what is? 250? 275? 300? Speak to me, God. Speak to me because I'd like, like five minutes before I go up there and speak. Speak to me. And I heard a voice saying, not audibly, but I heard a voice as clear as day saying, 500. 500. Um, what? God? <laughs> 500. Are you sure, God? Yes. Are you really sure? Uh, yes. Are you really, really sure? He, did, uh, uh, he didn't, uh, didn't bother to answer that one. <laughs> God, how are we going to do it? It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's too impossible. But I heard the Lord say, let's see if this sounds familiar. I heard the Lord say, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. <laughs> so I got up in front of the leadership team of the church, tried my very best to put my brave face on, and I uh, 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 said my vision. Check that. God's vision for our church. 500 lives transformed over the next two years. I didn't get the chance to tell my staff. I didn't even get the chance to tell my own wife. Uh, uh, I didn't get the chance to tell anyone. Uh, uh, Pastor Simone was amening all over the place. Uh, and uh, Pastor Cindy, I think, about fell out of her chair. And uh, 500 lives transformed over the next two years. I know what you're thinking. It was the same thing I was thinking. It's too big. Uh, check that. It's an impossible goal. I know. I know. I know what you're thinking. I know it's big. I know it's impossible. I know that in our humanity, it can't be done. I know that. But I refuse to insult God with big, uh, uh, small vision, small dreams, and small ideas. And the reason is simple. We have a big God. The uh, reason we have a big vision is because we have a big God. In fact, our key verse for the series is found in Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32, beginning in verse 46, uh, 26 says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? Sit with me. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too difficult 
for me? Is anything too impossible for me? So, no, because I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Nothing, absolutely nothing is too difficult for me. What does 500 life transformations look like? What do we envision? We see 500 salvations or 500 sanctifications or 500 baptisms. More than anything else in all the world, we see 500 written down testimonies, our lives that are being transformed. We see 500 people taking the next step with the journey to Jesus. 500 lives changed. 500 transformations. 500 people set free. <laughs> How do we do that? We, uh, well, we see to, uh, through Jesus' life a few stories that will guide us on the quest for 500 life transformations. Week two, next week, we, saw that, uh, we are going to see that Jesus is going after the broken. Week three, we are going to see that Jesus is going after the needy. Week four, we are going to see that Jesus is going after the poor. Week five, we are going to see that Jesus is going after the thirsty and the hungry. And in week six, we are going to see that Jesus is going after the desperate. And if Jesus is going after them, if Jesus is going after them, we should too. If Jesus is going after them, we should too. <laughs> this is what we are created for. This is who we are called to serve. This is it. How do we know? Because of this. Simple. Because that is what we all once were. <laughs> that is what we all once were. We were the broken. We were the needy. We were the thirsty. We were the uh, poor. We were the desperate. That is all what we want more. In fact, our key thought for the series is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. We go after them because Jesus has first gone after us. We go after them because Jesus has first gone after us. What we are doing this week is overviewing the eight core values. I won't go into detail because later this fall, we are going to have a sermon series on the eight core values. But these core values provide the foundation of who we are and what this church is all about. Uh, while I was preparing last week, uh, Lucas wandered over to see what I was doing. After being quiet for about five seconds, which uh, let me tell you, for Lucas, that is a modern day miracle. Let me, let me tell you, a modern day miracle. After being quiet for about five seconds, he said, I have some sermon advice for you. <laughs> All right, uh, what is it, son? 
well, you, uh, he said, um, I, you don't have to split the sermon up into three parts. I know you like it, but one we're due this time. And after that, he uh, walked out. <laughs> uh, um, uh, okay, Lucas, I listen. Uh, uh, the, uh, despite the fact that you cannot read, um, uh, I, I am taking your advice and I am going to do one thing. One thing, uh, eight sub points, but uh, one uh, thing. <laughs> uh, are you ready? Uh, if so, answer, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Eight core values. The first uh, core value is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. We pursue God's heart. We pursue God's heart. Intimacy with God is our first and primary core values. In fact, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. We have a saying that goes like this. If you, got, have, you have intimacy with God, nothing else matters. If you do not have intimacy with God, nothing else matters. We want this church to become a center of holy fire, holy ground that you can feel right as you step into the room. We want the, this place to become the, where the lost find Jesus, where marriages are restored, where prodigals can come back home, where the broken and the poor and the needy and the hungry and the desperate can tangibly feel his presence. That's the kind of church we want to be. That's the kind of church we want to be. We don't want to be the biggest. We won't want to be the grandest. We don't want to be the most beautiful or the most ornate. We don't want to have the best programs and the best services or even the best, best events. All we want is His Holy Spirit. That's all we want is His Holy Spirit. We want more of His power. We want more of His presence. That's all we want is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the only way we can uh, we'll get there The only way we can get there is if we come corporately together to pray. That's it. Corporately together to pray, to cry out, to seek the face of God, to listen to his voice. That's the only way. That's the only way. First and foremost, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Can you tell I'm passionate about this one? <laughs> Secondly, if you're taking notes, write this down. Relational evangelism. Relational evangelism. We connect the disconnected. We connect the disconnected. Who are you connecting with Jesus we must be intentional about getting to the lost, 
the un, uh, unsaved, the disconnected. And we have a great opportunity right here in this church a week from today in our vacation Bible school. Bring your own kids, sure. Bring your own grandkids, sure. But I want you to think, really think, about someone who does not know Jesus. Who does not know Jesus. A neighbor, one of your kids' friends, one of your grandkids' friends, whoever, and invite them to be be else. And who knows that we can uh, radically uh, shape some child's life by one invitation, by one invite, uh, and the course of their lives will never be the same. Relational evangelism. Third, life-on-life discipleship. Disciples produce disciples. Disciples produce disciples. Jesus never asked for a one-time decision. He asked for a lifelong relationship. Discipleship uh, means, uh, doesn't mean Jesus is part of your life. Discipleship means Jesus is your life. Life-on-life discipleship. Fourth, intentional apprenticeship. Intentional apprenticeship. Leaders develop leaders. Everyone serves somewhere, and everyone leads someone. When we find a place to contribute, we find a place to belong. Intentional apprenticeship. Leaders develop leaders. Fifth, radical generosity. Radical generosity. We hold nothing back. Radical generosity isn't a measure of our parking books. It isn't a measure of our uh, purses. It's a measure of our hearts. It's a measure of our hearts. Radical generosity means, first, I will give the tithe. And secondly, I will give as I have been given. I will give as I have been given. Radical generosity. Six, if you're taking notes, write this down. Profound humility. Profound humility. We choose purpose over preference. We choose purpose over preference every single time. This flies in the face of most everything we want. We prefer what we like. We prefer where we're comfortable. More than anything else, we prefer how things are. And, uh, and all of that is perfectly fine. All of that is perfectly fine. Uh, uh, in fact, there is nothing wrong with your preferences at all. But the issue arises when our preferences hinder God's purpose. The issue arises when uh, uh, our preferences hinder God's purpose. What we want stands in the way of what God desires. So how do we live out profound humility? First, we welcome people as they are. We welcome people as they are. We don't accept people for what they do. We welcome people for how, uh, how um, as they are. But secondly, we accept. Uh, we call people to more than they are. 
We welcome people as they are when we call people to more than they are. Jesus loved and welcomed everyone. Jesus loved and welcomed everyone despite the fact that uh, uh, we, uh, um, despite the fact that we are so, um, uh, regardless of where we were in life, but he always calls us to more. And this is a perfect time to announce our summer plans uh, for the summer. Beginning on July 7th, beginning on July 7th, we are going to have our Sunday morning worship services in the FLC, the Family Life Center, for eight weeks for the rest of the summer. Beginning on July 7th, we will have our Sunday morning worship services in the Family Life Center. And I, for one, am so excited. There are uh, uh, two reasons for this. First, we have some deep cleaning to do in the sanctuary, the worship center, and uh, to prepare to, uh, uh, for when we uh, return in the fall. This cleaning would take several weeks, if not a month or more, to finish. And we are so blessed. We are so blessed to have another place to worship right under the same roof. Secondly, I have the sense, along with the staff, along with the missional worship committee of the board, that some people, some of the new people will, uh, will, um, will, um, who will start attending K-1 will feel more at ease in the Family Life Center rather than in the sanctuary. Not all, not even most, but some people. Clearly, we love the sanctuary. I love the sanctuary. For 40-plus years, that is where uh, uh, our community worship, our community sang, our community heard messages, made our own life transformations. But for new people, the disconnected, the unsaved, the lost, we, uh, uh, they don't have this kind of history. And as some people, the broken, the needy, the thirsty, the poor, the desperate, if some people feel more at ease sitting in the sanctuary, uh, sitting in the FLC rather than in the sanctuary, we should be so blessed to have the opportunity to welcome them in for the summer and beyond. You might say, well, I feel more comfortable sitting in the sanctuary. Granted, I do too. But we are Christians. We are Christians. The lost are not yet Christians. And as a result, they do not yet support our core values. Purpose over preference every time. We as Christians, we as members of K-1, will willingly give up our preferences, where we're comfortable, what we like, how things are supposed to be. We will willingly give up our preferences to fulfill God's purpose of the lost, the unsaved, the disconnected, uh, finding their way back to him. We choose purpose over preference. We choose purpose over preference. 
every single time. Profound humility. Profound humility. Seventh, life together. Life together. We are created for community. The question is this. Where are you connected? Where are you connected? It is not good for man or a woman or a child to be alone. We are created for community. Where are you connected? Life together. And eighth and finally, laugh, but certainly not least, missional living. Missional living. What happens here doesn't stay here. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. And we would go anywhere, do anything, reach anyone with the good news of Jesus Christ. That is our mission. This is our vision, uh, to live out uh, God's story in our community. 500 lives changed. 500 transformations. 500 people set free. And let me tell you, when you are consumed by your vision, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And I am consumed by this vision. Hard time speaking, it doesn't matter. Uh, Weakness on my right side doesn't matter. Brain cancer, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because, because uh, uh, this is what God has called me to do, called us to do. The reason we have a big vision is because we have a big God. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? And I am convinced, K1, that the local church is the hope of the world. We live in a world full of broken, desperate people, desperate for hope, desperate for life, desperate to write, a, uh, uh, turn the page, to write a new chapter, to tell a different story. And we, the local church, are called to live out God's story in our community. We are called to the broken. We are called to the needy. We are called to the thirsty. We are called to the poor. We are called to the desperate because that is what we once were. That is what we once more. We go after them because Jesus has gone after us. And this morning, the Holy Spirit has come and revealed to us his mission, has revealed to us his vision, has revealed to us his destiny for our lives. He's told us who we are, what we are created for. And from this day forward, we will never, ever, ever be the same. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Michaela, would you come and play? Lord, we're in your presence today. Come and have your way in us. As we pray together today, 
the first call is really simple. Are you all in? Are you all in? Are you in for the opportunity to uh, uh, going after the 500? Are you in for the opportunity of going after the broken, the needy, the poor, the desperate, the thirsty? Are you all in for going after them because Jesus has first gone after us? If that's you today, you would say, I'm all in. I'm all in. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand high all over the sanctuary. I'm all in. I'm all in. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. As we continue to pray, maybe you are ready. Maybe you are ready, ready to join the 500. Maybe you are ready to join the 500, to have your life transformed. Maybe you are ready to start fresh or start again. And today is a day of your life transformation. You see, Jesus came for you. Jesus came for you. He broke the chains of sin. He broke the chains of death. And he was raised to glorious life, victorious life, eternal life. And now, the greatest news of it is, he is now inviting you to the same eternal life. He is inviting you to the same eternal life. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Eternal life is Christ Jesus, our Lord. And you say, I'm ready. I'm ready to exchange my guilt, my brokenness, my shame. I am ready to exchange all of that with the love, the joy, the peace of knowing him. This morning, the resurrection and the love have shown up here. Oh, Jesus, he loves you. He cares for you. He gave his life for you so that you can be made new. For those of you that are, say, are, that are saying, that's me. I'm ready. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of striving. I'm tired to do, I'm trying to do a life all on my own. I need help. I need help. I need forgiveness. I need a Savior. If that's you today, I need you life. I need His grace. I need forgiveness of my sins. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hand high up right over the sanctuary. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you are so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your salvation. Praise God. Praise God. 
everyone, if you would, all over the sanctuary. Everyone here praying with your neighbors. No one prays alone. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Uh, Jesus, you died so I can be forgiven. Jesus, you rose so I could be set free. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. I'm never turning back. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. K1, can you celebrate with me new hearts and new lives in the kingdom today? Church, God is doing something incredible in our midst, isn't he? If you raised your hand for salvation today, we want to, uh, you to know we celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. The K1 team and I would like to uh, so much to pray with you and to encourage you on your journey. So right as the close of the service, the K1 team will be up here at the altars and right outside the worship center, the sanctuary, at the tables that say next steps. Right outside the tables that uh, say next steps. The K1 team will be glad to celebrate with you and resource you on your journey. Let's stand. <laughs> Let's stand. And uh, Sean, can you... Uh, 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 Sean, can you uh, celebrate with us?